staying in contact. I'm London Mitchell. In the more than 50 years I've been behind a microphone in Toledo, I've had the privilege of interviewing some exceptional people who, through their volunteer and leadership activities, are working to improve the quality of life in our communities of Northwest Ohio. And as we continue staying in contact, we are continuing that tradition. Our discussion this morning centers on an extremely important topic for all of us, the climate, the mounting evidence of global warming, its impact, and what steps each and every one of us can take to end global warming. My guest is Robert Clark Phelps, a member of the Perrysburg chapter of Citizens Climate Lobby, defined as a volunteer effort with more than 420 chapters nationwide, empowering everyday people to work together on a bipartisan solution to climate change. Bob's recent presentation was called A Climate of Hope. Yeah, I was very uh, excited to see the turnout for that. We had a good 40 to 50 people come uh, just about six days before Christmas, actually. So uh, it was great to see people interested. And, and that's what brings hope, actually, is people coming together and talking about the problem and finding out that we actually have some good solutions, you know, that, that this is not uh, some kind of insolvable problem. We, we, we have a way forward. Let's talk. You, you say problem. Let's enlighten everyone to what the problem is. Yeah, well, I, I think let's zoom out and look at the big picture for 2023, because there are some major headlines that people have probably been seeing. So, yes, 2023 because of, of global warming, was the hottest year on record. And it was also an El Nino year. Now, El Nino is a natural effect that occurs when warm waters of the oceans transfer more of their heat to the atmosphere. So that happens naturally every two to seven years. But that El Nino is riding on top of a baseline uh, that's rising you know, from decade to decade because of, of man-made global warming. And so yes, 2023 was the hottest, but not just that, actually the last 10 years are the 10 hottest recorded years now. So it's clear that we're on a, a very unsustainable path, a very dangerous path of global warming driven primarily by emissions of carbon dioxide from you know all the the fuels that we burn. You mentioned, Bob, that there are solutions. We're not lost yet. No, definitely not. Um, before I, I move to the solutions, I think it, it might be good to talk for just a brief minute about some of the impacts because you know when you say stuff like, "Well, it was the hottest year," what does that mean, right? To the average person, it doesn't seem to really communicate a lot. So I just have a couple of good examples, I think, that will help us to focus on what's really at stake here. So you might remember that last year, we also saw this amazingly destructive wildfire in Hawaii. Um, in August of last year, there was a massive wildfire that destroyed a large part of Lahaina, Hawaii. Uh, at least 99 people are confirmed to have died in that wildfire. And it, that makes it the deadliest wildfire in the United States in at least the last 100 years. And drought conditions there were a major contributor. Now, 
you know, when we talk about something off in Hawaii, again, people might think, well, you know, that's terrible. Of course, we mourn the loss of life. But it, it, a lot of these impacts seem so distant. And I think one of the things that stands out about 2023 is how it drove home the way that we are all connected in this. Another set of wildfires that, that really drove headlines in 2023 were the, the fires up in Canada. And similar to those in Hawaii, the setup was a long period of drought that preceded the wildfires that made the conditions extremely dangerous so that when wildfires get ignited, they just spread rapidly. So in 2023, it was a, a record smashing year for wildfire in Canada. Over about six times the normal amount of land area burned that year compared to any, any average year in Canada. And the amount of land that burned is actually comparable to the land area of the entire state of Indiana. And this was where I think we have another wake-up call for our area because we think, well, okay, that's off in Canada. Yes, but we are all definitely connected. And, the, and one of the ways we're connected is that the smoke from those wildfires got carried down here on uh, you know, air currents and wound up giving us some of the worst air quality in the country. The air quality in Toledo became terrible in June and again in July. Uh, in June, it, it breached the, the air quality index number of 200, which is a, a point where the air is unhealthy, not just for sensitive individuals like people with asthma, heart disease, the elderly, children, and so on, but even for, for uh, other people who are not in that sensitive category. So, you know, we, we have to start to understand that there are impacts from climate change occurring around the world and that these impacts are hitting home. It's affecting the air that you and I breathe. And that's something that should prompt all of us to say it's time to take action. We are staying in contact. I'm London Mitchell. My guest is from the Perrysburg chapter of Citizens Climate Lobby, Bob Clark Phelps. The topic is global warming. Bob, there are many critics of global warming who say it's nothing to really worry about. It's cyclical. It eventually will go away. Yeah, it, that's just not true. This is not a natural cycle. We know about the natural cycles, things like the ice ages, right? These things have been studied, and we know how they occur and how long they normally take. I mean, ice ages are things that happen over tens of thousands of years, right? It's all recorded, and we know. Uh, the scientists have all the data on the temperature and the carbon dioxide concentrations that occurred during that cyclical period of the Earth's prehistory. But what's happening now is completely different, right? This is happening on the scale of just decades, right? This is the, the blink of an eye compared to those geological time scales. And it's going only one way, which is up. Um, the other record that was broken last year, besides the temperature records, is that we had the highest ever emissions of carbon dioxide. And that means that we're, we're further putting our, our, our feet on the accelerators. Right, We're saying that not only are we going to continue to get hotter, but we're going to get hotter even faster because the level of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere now is reaching levels that it has never approached in the last hundreds of thousands of years. 
So it is not cyclical. This is caused by human beings, and it's going only in the wrong direction right now until we stop emitting all of these greenhouse gases, carbon dioxide primarily, that are driving the warming. Boy, that is really going to compromise our lifestyles, won't it? No, I mean, yes, changes have to be made, of course. I mean, we can't just go on with business as usual, but we have alternatives now. And so, you know, we don't have to, to burn coal anymore to make electricity. We can use nuclear, we can use wind, we can use solar, right? We have these other options. Other things uh, take more effort to replace, for example, fuels in automobiles, okay? That, you know, if you're going to replace uh, a, a combustion engine, with an electric vehicle, of course, that, that takes time. We, you know, the, the costs on those are coming down. The infrastructure for electric vehicles is being developed. More charging stations are coming online every year. There, there's a transition there. But we definitely need to make this transition, right? It's something that we know we, we, we need to do to keep people safe and to preserve the, the, the world that we've known to be a life-giving and beautiful world uh, for future generations. So going back to your question about solutions, I wanna highlight some, some positives from last year, uh, especially here locally. Uh, Citizens Climate Lobby, the, the group that I work with, continues to back a policy called carbon fee and dividend in order to help us to make that transition from dirty energy to clean energy in a smooth, efficient, and fair way. And the whole idea of carbon fee and dividend is that you put a price on those carbon dioxide emissions that are the root cause of our problem. And you do that by putting a fee on sources of carbon like coal and oil and natural gas. Then you take all of the revenue from that fee and you distribute it out to United States households on an equal share basis. So every month money comes in from the fee and every month all that money goes straight back out to U.S. households and gets deposited in the same bank accounts that you use for your tax refunds. And the highlight I want to especially uh, call to people's attention is that after years of effort, uh, our Citizens Climate Lobby volunteers worked together with the City Council in Bowling Green to pass a resolution there. And the resolution called upon the federal government to implement a carbon fee and dividend policy. This was a fantastic step forward. I'm proud to report it was a bipartisan uh, resolution. It passed six to one with both Republican and Democratic support. And this will now be something we can take to members of Congress and say, here, um, the, the City Council of Bowling Green is on record as saying we need to take stronger action on climate change and carbon fee and dividend is the way to do it. My guest is Bob Clark Phelps, a volunteer with Citizens Climate Lobby. The organization works hard to educate elected officials on how we can slow global warming. We work to get the endorsements like we were talking about with the city council. We work also to get endorsements from private individuals who are prominent in the community, people like uh, university professors, um, faith leaders, pastors of churches, all of these people. And then we, we bring all of this support together when we go and lobby the members of Congress. We focus primarily at, at the federal level. And in June, again, of this year, as we have in past years, we'll be making the, the trip to Washington, D.C. 
And we're very well received there. Members of Congress respect us. They welcome our visits because we focus on building positive relationships. We're not into blaming. We're not into um, you know pointing fingers. We're here to build uh, constructive solutions by working with members of both major political parties. And that's something I want to emphasize now. I mean, um, in terms of other solutions. So, you know, we've talked about carbon pricing and, and on your podcast, we've talked about that in the past, this carbon fee and dividend idea. I think that's still a project that's going to take some time in order to, to develop enough support for that to pass Congress. But there are steps that we can take along the way that are kind of a bridge to that ultimate goal. And one of these is gaining a lot of uh, attention now in Congress from both uh, Republicans and Democrats. And it's the idea of making sure that there's a level playing field internationally when it comes to trade and carbon emissions. So there's another group, um, an advocacy group called the uh, Climate Leadership uh, Conference. And they have estimated that um, American manufacturing produces products with uh, that are 40% less carbon intensive than the global average. In other words, our when we make uh, goods here in the United States, we're polluting less than uh, the average manufacturer around the globe. Well, obviously, that's, that's not a good situation. We don't want that. We want to ensure that uh, U.S. companies are rewarded for emitting less carbon dioxide. They're doing the right thing. They shouldn't be penalized for that. They should be rewarded for that. And I think there's agreement now. There are three bills in Congress, actually, that have been introduced to try to address that discrepancy. Um, one is called the Clean Competition Act. One is called the FAIR Act. And there's a final one that I want to highlight. It's called the Foreign Polluters Fee Act or Foreign Pollution Fee Act, which was actually introduced uh, by two Republican senators, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana and Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. So you can see there's, you know, agreement among, uh, you know, political leaders on both, in both parties that this is a first step that we can take to make sure at least that there's a level playing field internationally by implementing either a tariff or some kind of a fee on any imports that come into our country that are coming uh, from a place where it, it requires more pollution to make those goods than uh, it does in the United States. Bob Clark Phelps is with the Perrysburg chapter of Citizens Climate Lobby. Find out more about their efforts at citizensclimatelobby.org. I'm London Mitchell, inviting you to join us again next week as we continue staying in contact. In the meantime, please feel free to contact me through my website, londonmitchell.news.